Oh, there's so many things I could say about my brother James, but you know him well, and he's been here for these many years, 52 years, and what a blessing uh, that is. That says something in itself. My wife knows this, that there's no one that's had a a greater influence on my life uh, than my brother, James. I thank God for my daddy and his life. My father passed away, however, when I was just 22, was turning 22. He was 57 years of age. All of the brothers waited anxiously until they passed that 57 mark, as did I. Eddie Ray was close to it. But we think about the years gone by. And um, as I said this morning, all that we're going to leave behind that really matters. It's not about stuff. It's not about things. It's not about money. A life doth not consist in the abundance of things which a man possesseth, the Bible reminds us. Uh, But it's about influence. And uh, James, you've been a great influence. You know that on my life. I was working for a company and traveling a lot. I never will forget. I was working that whole week in Columbia, South Carolina. And coming up the road, that long stretch from Columbia to Charlotte, Back then, there may have been two service stations. I think there may be three now, maybe four, but it's a long stretch of 90 miles uh, up that highway. And it was during that time I turned the tape player off. That was before CDs. Tape player off, even eight tracks, and uh, turned that off and just began talking to the Lord. And um, a successful career, and God was blessing, but I knew God was calling me. And so I uh, stopped off in Kannapolis and um, was supposed to go home, but I called Marcia from James's house and felt like that I just needed to stay here tonight. And it was that night that I surrendered uh, to the Lord privately, and uh, with just my brother. I don't know if you remember that night, but uh, I thank the Lord uh, for that decision, and uh, thank the Lord for how God's blessed and opened doors for us and given us a great opportunity to serve Him. It's a joy to be here. We uh, love uh, Faith Church and uh, praying for many years to come. Congratulations again on the anniversary And uh, what an accomplishment that is as well. And it says something about you people. And your love for the Lord, the light in this community, your faithfulness to God. And one day we're all going to a glad reunion day. Amen. And you talk about an anniversary service. There's nothing like it going to be when we get to heaven one day. And praise God for that. Our Bibles are open tonight just for a few minutes to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 16. The Apostle Paul closes this first letter to the church at Corinth. He addresses here three areas of stewardship. Gentlemen, when we go to 1 Corinthians, we're talking about stewardship. 
as a Christian, we have the opportunity to give of our money, an opportunity to reach people, and the opportunity to give of ourselves to serve the Lord, uh, wherever that may be. And may I say, not everyone is called to the mission field. Not everyone is called to preach the gospel. Not everyone will be an evangelist or a pastor, but we're all, we all have been called. And the Bible reminds us, and Jesus says, you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, John 15, 16. The Lord's chosen all of us. God has a purpose for all of us. He's left us here for a purpose. And we must lift up your eyes and look on the fields and see that they're white already to harvest. When we talk about vision, we recognize there are a lot of people who said they've had some dream. <laughs> Be careful. Or someone who has some fortune teller telling them what the future is. But I understand this, that vision is what God reveals to us from His Word. And we recognize that God speaks to us through His Word. Every listener, those under the sound of my voice, to recognize this, you'll never put forth an effort until you give all to the Lord. You can set goals and you can dream about your desires of life itself. But life begins when we give all to the Lord Jesus Christ and allow Him to direct our path and to our steps. As we look at this passage of Scripture tonight, I want you to look with me in verse number 9. We'll pick up there. In verse number 9, just for sake of time. Oh, there's so much there. Uh, let me just begin verse number 1, okay? And 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Now notice what Paul was saying here about coming. He says it several times. And when I come, whomsoever you shall approve by your letters, then will I send to you, bring you liberality unto Jerusalem. And if it be meet that I go also, they shall go with me. Now when I come unto you, I shall pass through Macedonia. For I do pass through Macedonia. And it may be that I will abide, yea, in winter with you, that ye may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. For I will not see you now, by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you, if the Lord permit. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. For a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. Now if Timotheus come, see that he may be with you without fear, for he worketh the work of the Lord as I also do. As you read this passage of Scripture, we recognize that God wants to use not only the Apostle Paul, and to use certainly young Timothy, but he wants to use all of us. As we recognize in this passage of Scripture, this phrase in verse 9, 
for a great door. Would you underscore that? A great door. A great door is open unto me. The Bible reminds us all that we have an objective while we're here. And the Lord desires that we be obedient to what he's commanded us to do. And in that obedience that we be consistent. And by being consistent that we stay committed to God's will for our life. If I'm going to be faithful to the Lord. And then I must be flexible for my own agenda. Whatever it may be. We all have goals. And we all have aspirations. We all have our sights on something ahead. We all desire again to provide for our family, uh, to be able to be with our family, to be with friends, to be with others, and to fellowship, and indeed to enjoy this life that God has given us. But as a Christian, we all recognize that we're not our own. We have been bought with a price. And in that, we must be flexible to whatever God would desire us to do. You'll notice again the word come is mentioned in verse number 2, verse number 3, verse number 5, verse number 6. He says come. As a matter of fact, you'll find the word come is mentioned over 3,000 times in the word of God. We're reminded when the Lord says come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. We're reminded throughout the word of God where he just gives that invitation uh, that we would come. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. In today's or tonight's text, Paul was making plans to go to Corinth. He wants to spend some time there with these believers. But notice this, he allows God to give veto to his plans. Notice verse 7 and the phrase, he says, if the Lord permit. Can you say that with me? If the Lord permit. Now the message here we understand is found in verse number 9 about this great door that is open. But Paul says at the very beginning of this, regardless of what his plans are, he says, if the Lord permit, if the Lord allows. Solomon reminds us, the wisest man in all of the Bible from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. And all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. This does not mean to relax. This does not mean not to think or to plan. This does not mean that we do not try to put forth some effort to schedule and to do God's will for our life. But we must be to the realization that God is in charge and allow him veto power at all of our life. Would you say amen? amen? It doesn't mean that we put our brain in neutral and just, well, the Lord will provide, the Lord will direct. No, no, the Lord gives us wisdom to make decisions. And the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And so oftentimes we run into things in our life that we do not understand. But as we look back, we can have 20-20 vision. On this side, we're like, I just don't understand what the Lord is doing here. But we always recognize that when we trust Him in all thy ways, that He does direct our path. And he does have a plan. And he does have a purpose for what he's doing in all of our lives. You see, with the Lord, there's no happenstance. And God is in control of it all. The omnipotent, the omnipresent, the omniscient God. 
knows exactly where we all are, where we've been, and yes, where we're going from this day. We think about the anniversary that you're celebrating 82 years. What a wonderful accomplishment. But the best is yet to come as you continue to follow the Lord. Uh, to again, to commit ourselves completely to Him. Uh, would you write down three or four things when we think about this passage of Scripture? For a great door uh, and effectual is open unto me. A, a great door. Uh, first of all, we must depend not upon our own logic. We must not depend upon our own logic or reasoning. I promise you there's some educated people in this room. I'm not one of them. Uh, but no doubt there are people that have a, a high IQ. And they understand some things that I probably could never grasp. But we must realize this, regardless of how we may arrive at intelligence, we never get to the place where we know exactly what God wants in our life. And so as a child of God, I cannot depend upon my own logic, my own reasoning, or my own understanding. I must give myself completely to the Lord. Secondly, we must seek God's will in everything that we do. And say, as Paul said, if the Lord permit. If the Lord permit. Thirdly, we must not be afraid to make decisions. The greatest decision that we could ever make is like Joshua when he says in Joshua 24, 15, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's a decision. But may I say, we must not make decision on impulse. And sometimes we do just that. We must not be afraid to make decisions. But number four, we must not make decisions on impulse. Notice verse number eight. Paul says here in our text, but I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. In the previous verse, he said, if the Lord permit. Now he's waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord. I'm a pretty impatient guy. I'm going to say an impatient guy. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. I hate red lights. Caution's lights, I just ignore. I don't like traffic. I don't like to stand in line. I don't like to wait. Anybody with me on any of those? Most of us. We have a vote on it, but it means nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Because we recognize that God has a plan even in our waits. Even in the commas in our life. God's he, again, regulates all of that. He's in charge of it all. And sometimes there's a comma with a pause, and other times there's a period, and say, no, no, you're not to go any farther, if the Lord permit. Now, keep in mind, Paul had a desire to go to Corinth. But he also realized that the door of opportunity that had been opened to him, notice that at Ephesus, was not just a door open unto him, but a great door he had an opportunity to do an effective work here for the Lord. But notice again in verse 7, he says, A great door is open unto me. And then, but, there are many adversaries. Now, we don't see an adversary there. I mean, uh, the word but there, we see the word and for the conjunction. But I want us to realize this, that whenever you're moving forward for the Lord... The devil is always going to show up. You try to get to church on Sunday morning and what could go wrong could have gone wrong on Saturday. But no, it went wrong on Sunday. Uh, you try to go soul winning. 
And the devil will try to fight every way that he possibly can. The devil doesn't want to just discourage us. He doesn't just want to defeat us. The truth of it is, as the Bible says, your adversary, the devil, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He wants, again, us not to do God's will for our life. And so Paul acknowledges there's a great door that is open, but there are many adversaries. And there are many people that see the adversaries. When they get their eyes off of the Lord, all they see is what could go wrong. I'm saying all of this to say, even after these 82 years, God's not finished. Even after these 50-some years in the ministry, God's not finished. For myself, even after 33 years as pastor, God's not finished. You see, you never retire from God's work. Uh, We're always going to be in the army. We're always going to be used by the Lord. I'm thankful uh, for Nancy's dad, Brother Key. And even though he had retired from the church, but he still wasn't retired. And he'd tell you. He'd let you know. Uh, Understand, God has a place for all of us. The Bible says and reminds us here, as it does elsewhere, that even though that God gives us an open door, an open opportunity, we'll always have adversary, we'll always have an obstacle. I believe that we have the greatest opportunity in the hour in which we live now uh, to be a witness to a lost and dying world than we've ever had. I believe that everything happens doesn't take God by surprise. Someone said it like this, did it ever occur to you that nothing ever occurred to God? <laughs> it's an amazing thought, isn't it? That nothing ever occurred to God? He knows exactly what's going on in Israel. He knows exactly what's going on in your heart. He knows exactly where your mind is, even this moment. God knows what we're going to face tomorrow. God knows what we're going to face by the end of the year. God knows exactly. I'm thankful that he is indeed the author and the finisher of our faith, as we said this morning. And he's in charge of it all. I believe we have the greatest opportunity this day than we've ever had. I want to talk about this great door. A great door. First of all, we're talking about a great door reminds us that we have great access. Acts chapter 14 verse 27 says, And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them. How he had opened the door of faith. Unto the Gentiles. I've never come to the place where I was surprised to see God save people. Because I know God wants to save all. Oh, we've been in some meetings sometime. We're up in West Virginia say revival broke out. Like it broke out with the measles, you know. Like we broke out. Revival broke out. Meaning that the Lord came down. God did something in that meeting. And people just running to the altar, getting right with God, and people being saved, and people rededicating, husband and wives reuniting and coming together, families coming together. What a glorious time that is to be in those meetings. You see, God wants to work in all of our hearts. If we come into a meeting like this and all we're concerned about is how many songs is the choir going to sing and how long is the preacher going to go, and are we going to get out at 8 o'clock? And your mind is on some TV program that's on in just a little bit. God's not going to bless. God's not going to bless you. 
Now, I'm just passing through. You're a pastor, but I'm just saying as a pastor for many years, I recognize that there's some people who just come and just go through this form and this fashion of being in church. Uh, you can be in church and not be in church. Uh, we're talking about coming together with an open mind, but more importantly, open ears and an open heart. And asking God to do something in my heart, in my life. I've been blessed just by being here and listening to the choir sing. I've been blessed by seeing the happy faces in this good crowd. And understand you could be somewhere else. Thank God for this church. For what you have. How God has blessed you. And how God wants to bless you even more. Here in Cabarrus County and Kannapolis area. And beyond the regions of the city limits. God has opened a great door. You have great access. Paul writing to the church at Corinth, he says, Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach the gospel, and a door was opened unto me of the Lord. The door that is open. Colossians 4.3, with all praying also for us that God would open unto us, he says again, a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. Here he is in bonds. Do you recall what happens in the book of Philippians? The apostle Paul was writing to the church at Philippi. Where is he? He's in a Roman jail cell. And he's writing to them. And he says, I want you to be reminded that what's fallen out to me, what's happening with me, is for the fatherance of the gospel. Even God can take the bad things that are going on in your life for the fatherance of the gospel. Sometimes it draws us closer to himself when we go through the valley. And when we go through the valley, we humble ourselves down and recognize that he's the author and the finisher of our faith indeed. But he's the one that's on the throne of God. And we must give him our life completely and say, Lord, I do not know what you're doing, but I yield myself to you. Whatever good can come out of this, I submit myself to you. I want you to know God can do wonders even with that. We must be willing. We must be ready. And we must make ourselves available. Or we can have access, a door that is open unto me at an appointed time. Job reminds us, seeing his days are determined, the number of his months are with thee. Thou hast appointed his bounds that he cannot pass. We're reminded as Isaiah reminds us in chapter 55 that my thoughts are not his thoughts. Neither my ways, his ways. And God is far beyond where we are. It's about giving all unto the Lord. Oh, there's an appointed time under this access that we should go. And with that appointment, there's an assignment to all of us. You may never preach a sermon from a pulpit. You may never teach a class. But we're all proclaiming the word of God. We're all preachers. We're proclaiming the word of God. The Bible reminds us that your epistles read of all men. God has allowed us this opportunity to walk upon planet earth. And for others to see Christ in us. And to be used by him. To have an influence on someone else. The Bible reminds us that now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. May we give ourselves completely to the Lord in this assignment. We must be flexible. Notice as we look back to verse 7. He said, I trust to tarry a while with you. I want to come. I'm coming. And then he says, if the Lord permit. We must learn to be flexible. I've marked a scripture. I want to, you to go with me to James chapter 13. The book of James 
And you'll find in this passage of Scripture, James, just for a moment, chapter 4. Oh, there's so many verses here that are wonderful. But notice in verse number 13. James says, Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow, and we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. Then he says, For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Would you read verse 15 with me? For what you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. And so we're reminded once again that with this great door that is open, that we must be flexible, knowing that God has a time. A great door is open unto me. God, again, allows us this opportunity to go, but let's be flexible. To go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. A great door, we understand, with access. But also a great door, and there he gives us this ability. I like this word effectual. I had to look it up. What does that mean, effectual? He's speaking here again about being effective indeed, but being equipped to be productive. Effectual. He says again that we're to go. There's an abundant opportunity to preach the gospel. And a great encouragement there to labor. We all must be aware, have an awareness of the need. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields and see they're white, all ready to harvest. We must have an appetite, not for the things of this world, but an appetite of people looking and searching for people who are looking and searching for life and what the answer is. We must realize that we follow the word of God and acceptance of the truth of God's word and those that would believe Paul experienced that and be baptized, saw miracles and the book burning in Acts 19, all those things that went on. You see, God was in charge of all of that. And thank the Lord. And so there's a boundless access or opportunity that we have. 82 years celebrated, yes, but now we have tomorrow. Amen. It's unlimited. And we have the ability to go, not within ourselves. We have the power to go, but not within ourselves. And the more you go forward, the more you will experience real fight. And you know that. But we know that we're more than conquerors through him that loved us and gave himself for us. You see, it's like swimming upstream. I'm not a good swimmer at all. I would drown if it wasn't for my brother, I guess. But look. We're swimming upstream and the current is coming against us. You don't have to turn the news on to find out that this world's upside down. Politics all before us. Election coming up. Oh yeah, that's the answer. Oh no, that's not the answer. God is the answer. Marsha and I, this past August, August the 11th, we celebrated our 50th wedding anniversary. She's going to get a crown in heaven. There's no question about it. And when we got married and set up housekeeping, and we began trying to get things in order with schedules, her being a nurse and myself in sales and what the schedule was going to be and the budget and all of those things. I had bought a little house, a little two-bedroom house there in Bradley. And um, what a precious time that we had. 
And one thing we did when we first got home after the honeymoon is got on our knees and took the word of God. And we asked God to bless our home and to bless our family in the days to come. And we claimed a verse. It's still a life verse for us. It's a simple verse. You know the verse. Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I want you to know it's not about first on some list. No, God wants to be the list. He is the list. And giving yourself completely to the Lord. And we look back over these years and we just are amazed of how God has blessed and how God has just, it's been amazing to see. There's no, no ability within ourselves. There's nothing that we can claim that we've done. We just look at each other, hug each other, and cry. Say, God is just so good. God is just so good. And so a simple verse with a simple thought of some goal, you may call it, or some mission statement for your own life or home, find that verse. And again, allow God to continue to work in your heart and your life. He wants to do that. He wants to use all of us. Oh, there's a great door that is open with a great access and unlimited ability. But notice what he says. And many adversaries. There's a great door and effectual is open unto me. And there are many adversaries. We would say, I would go so winning. But the last time I went, I had so many doors slammed in my face. I'm not going back. I would go so winning. But I remember that last house, that, that guy was so rude to me. I'm just not going to do this anymore. Let's keep in mind, a great door is open unto us. You know, I believe this with all of my heart, Brother James, that this hour in our country, in this land of the brave, and the home of the brave rather, and land of the free, this country is so upside down, and people are looking for answers. This is a great opportunity for us. A great door is open unto us. But wait a minute. There are many adversaries. And Paul writing to the church of Philippi, Philippians chapter 3, verse 18. For many walk of whom I've told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. In Acts 19, we understand there was no small stir over the silversmith. The city was in great confusion. But I want you to know God was in the midst of all of that. Would you write these three things down? When you talk about the great door with many adversaries, what are those adversaries? Well, there's many, but let me just give you three. Number one is the attitude of sinners. The attitude of sinners. Number two is the apathy of the saints. And number three, the afflictions of Satan. We think about the attitude of the sinners. We are pleasure mad in this world in which we live. Trying to find purpose for life. Trying to get all the chills and the thrills and all the gusto, they say, that we can. The attitude of sinners. The world. The hypocrisy that's in the world. 
religious country. That's all it is, is religious. But what about a true relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? It's not about your religion, amen? It's about your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. There are many in this town, in this state, and around the world that have a lot of religions, churches everywhere, steeples everywhere, talk much about religion. And when the campaign comes, everybody is religious. But what about relationships? The attitude of the sinners, the apathy of the saints. In John chapter 5, remember he said, Sir, I have no man. I have no man. Will we be that man? I'm thinking about this, about the ingratitude. Ingratitude among the saints. The indifference in so many churches. The immaturity among the saints. The apathy. Have a no-care attitude. I don't care attitude. May God help us in our complacency. And then lastly, the Satan, the afflictions that Satan brings upon us. First Peter 5.8, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. But Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15.58, he said, therefore my Beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. He reminded young Timothy to study, to show thyself approved unto God. A workman needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God, the word of truth. We're to watch every day, to guard, watch and be on guard. To survey all that's around you and be alert that the devil is using everything that he possibly can, all arsenal that he can throw at you, he will. Look, would you agree with this statement? If the devil never bothers you, as we said a moment ago, then that means he has you right where he wants you. But it's when you start doing for the Lord, you set out a goal the first of the year. Going to read my Bible through. How are you doing with that? You set out a goal to go visit him, go on soul winning. How are you doing with that? To serve the Lord, to pass out tracts. And it's good to start, but the devil will throw everything at you, including your work schedules, chaos at home, everything, every, finances, whatever he can throw at us, he will. And so, we understand clearly as we look at this passage of Scripture. Paul said it well. For a great door and effectual is open unto me. I would put a but there, but the Holy Spirit allowed Paul to put and there. And there are many adversaries. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. Let's stand. May we? And think about this. Since 1941, 1941, this church was established. 
You think about all of the years that God has given and what God wants to do in the days ahead. And this is just the start for Faith Baptist Church and the fine people who make up this church. A great door is open. Our heads, is bow, our heads are bowed for just a moment. Father, I ask you just now to help each of us to never forget the fact that you've saved us for heaven indeed, but you've left us here for a purpose. Help us, Lord, I pray, to yield ourselves to you, to submit ourselves to you completely, and to be used by you. Forgive me the times, Lord, when I've let opportunity pass me by. Help us, Lord, I pray, to be sensitive. And knowing that there are many adversaries, and the devil will come up against us in so many ways. But Lord, you promised us victory. And this is the victory. <laughs> oh, Lord, we recognize when you say even our faith. Oh, Lord, I pray that you'd help us and all that make up this great church to submit ourselves to you completely and to be used by you. Should there be one here tonight who needs to settle some things, help them, I pray, to do so. We'll claim the promise of the Lord that if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And for those who need to surrender to service and to recommit to reenlist in the work of the Lord, and certainly, should there be one here or under the sound of my voice that does not know Christ as their Savior, they would recognize that there's an opportunity now, and that soon is going to pass. And the Spirit may not always strive with man. And Lord, we recognize that you're soon coming. Help us to be ready to meet you. Bless, I pray, this church. Bless this invitation. Lord, we'll praise you for what you'll do.